Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant mental health business tools to help you become the person you were meant to be. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist working for a government agency and being a professor for over 18 plus years into building a multi-six-figure mental health business. My goal is to remove the employee mindset and replace it with an abundant CEO mindset. We will uncover the good, the bad, and the ugly of business ownership. I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapists Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to day two of the Prosperous Private Practice Bootcamp. I am your host, Dr. TK, and I am super excited to be here on another round, another hour of this bootcamp. And so let me see who is here. Um, On a scale of one to 10, how fired up are you about today, especially if you are in that Facebook group and you have been participating in that thread about those books. Now, let me tell y'all, I don't even want to read them because you got to be in the group to see them, but make sure that you all are going through those threads for the action of the day. And yesterday we did something around a book title, some uh, book chapters, and y'all had me in here late last night. Like, oh man, I got to comment on every single last one because those book titles and those chapters were fire. And so give yourself a round of applause because I definitely believe that because you are taking fast action, which also shows that you are actively learning, that the information that you are learning over these next few days is going to stick and you will see results in your business right away. Okay. So I'm super excited to see everybody on. I see Dr. Roche from the Bay. Um, I see a lot of people on Facebook saying, cello, they at a 10. I see Ashley, Farah. And you know, Facebook right now be acting funny. They don't like to give me names. <laughs> so you here, you live, and we're going to go back over to Facebook after we are done so I can like interact with y'all, all right? So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Um, just quick announcement again, if you are watching via YouTube, LinkedIn, or my general Dr. TK Facebook, that means that you are actually not in the boot camp. You are welcome to stay and watch today's live wherever you are right now, but I would highly encourage you head over to drtk.com forward slash bootcamp. If you follow me on Instagram, you just click the link at the top of my bio and you want to make sure to put in your name and email address so that we can link you to that Facebook group when you request access so that you can engage with the other hundreds of therapists. I think we have either a little over 800 or maybe 800 at this point. But make sure that you're engaging with other therapists because we are in the year of collaboration, okay? So let's go ahead and get started on day two. So let me get everything squared away. Let me share my screen and remove this banner. All right. So welcome, everybody, to the Prosperous Private Practice Bootcamp Day 2. And... Let's dive in. So a recap. Um, If you were with us yesterday, you would have saw that we did a biopsychosocial assessment on your business. And that was a different way of looking at your business because as therapists, we have been taught how to do intakes and gather everybody else's information, but we don't do the same for our business. And you may be thinking, well, my private practice is good. 
I make a couple of thousand dollars, if not over 10K a month. I see my ideal clients. But today we're going to be talking about the difference between growth and scale. And I hope that whatever you're doing in your current private practice, if you already have one, that the goal would be that you grow more then you scale yourself. So put a one in the comment box if you want to dive deeper into figuring out today with your treatment plan part two of how you can move your future business from grow to scale. And then, of course, we'll talk about what is and actually what is not possible with only a solo practice. So what I'm saying is, We're also going to talk about how your solo practice can serve as the foundational framework so that you can take the information that you built in your solo practice, and then that can lead to various streams of income in which then, yeah, we can start diving into scaling, okay? All right, so in um, the Facebook group, we already talked about it. You wrote a title and some table of contents to your book. So again, congratulations to those of you who've done it. And if you're catching up, by all means, even if you're watching this later, go back and do day one and then just keep going in order. So today we're going to be talking about possibilities and profitability, probably some of y'all favorite topic, like show me what's possible. Tell me the profits, okay? And so a solo practice can grow, okay? We just talked about that, but it cannot scale. It cannot scale. And one of the main reasons why is because you're the only one producing the services, which means that the only way that your business will grow is if you work more. So we talked about this or we tapped into it a little bit on day one. Um, The definition of growth in business is that you are earning more money, but you're also working more hours. So some of you can attest to this. You saw your business catapult especially in 2020, if you were around in private practice back then, but you also noticed that you had to work more hours. Put a two in the comment box if you had a private practice in 2020 or 2021, because we were on the tail end of this big dump of mental health, you know, people seeking mental health, and you saw a a potential exponential growth, potentially where you didn't even have to market. You just start getting people, whether they were your ideal clients or not. I'm just saying you saw exponential growth with your private practice potentially, okay? So what you see on the graph here with growth is that the green is money. So as your money starts to go up, which is great, potentially so do your expenses because now you have to make more decisions regarding what systems are working for your business. Maybe you didn't use the EHR. Now you really need to use one. Maybe you were using the lowest grade of the EHR. Now you got to upgrade to the higher one. Maybe you even hired an admin assistant, a VA, and then you had to purchase a system to run payroll. You had to um, just take into account other expenses to grow your business, like bookkeeping, following up with an attorney, um, following up with a Um, entity structure individual, somebody around HR. And yes, HR is very important when you're running a solo practice by yourself. Now on the flip side, scale is where most of you, I hope, if not all want to be in the next five plus years, if not sooner. So the definition of scale is uh, more money while working less hours. Again, more money while working less hours. Now, what you will see is that your expenses continue to go up, 
but they're not going up like this because you're not going to keep just buying systems as you hire people. But what I teach in DTA and in our mastermind for those who um, are already at the scaling points, they've already grown their business and they've tapped out, they need to hire um, on a higher level is really what we get into is what kind of systems can you purchase for your business, invest for your business so that you don't have to hire five people. Maybe you can hire two people and then those three systems can do what a person would do. So for example, I typically get on my soapbox because last year, you know, I'm a real big advocate of EHRs and understanding your investments as a business owner, not just an expense. Because when we see the word expense, it just feels like money is going out and it's not coming back. So even when I um, describe the Dope Therapist Academy or any of my programs, CE workshops, I always say, this is an investment in you Because if you show up and you put in the work, you take notes and you're getting the resources to become more resourceful when you leave the workshop or the coaching program, right? You are going to see exponential growth because it's based off of what you put in. The ROI will be what you get back out. And if something is not working, you tweak it, you ask for help, and then you do it again. So with EHRs, I saw a big uproar when all of these systems increased their rate. I made a whole podcast episode on it. But in a snapshot summary, what I spoke to is, you know, therapists, we want all this growth. We want all this money, but when it comes down to purchasing a system, investing in a system that will take care of our back office for $99 a month, would you rather pay $99 a month where the system itself is upgrading? They're adding more stuff so that you don't have to build multiple systems in one. Put a two in a comment box if you really feel on what I'm saying, even if you don't have a private practice yet. Let me know if this makes sense. You can either complain and say they raise the rate $20, $40, $50. But remember, you didn't sit down and create like an EHR. You didn't sit down and create a HIPAA-protected telehealth platform. You didn't sit down and create a billing process where you can just put in some information and they hire people to do all the work for you. So when you look at things from an organizational standpoint, you actually will probably be grateful that they only raised that damn rate $50, unlike these airlines that double, tripled, and quadrupled these flights, okay? Because at the end of the day, they have to hire people, they're a business, to make sure that your needs are met as a consumer. So again, would you rather pay 20, 30, 40 extra dollars because they're adding more and more and more to you and they're giving you hella trainings, they're giving you hella shortcuts of how to maneuver through the platform. They're also giving you CE, some are free, some are very low cost. But, oh, you're not using the platform for what you should be using it for. See, that's the problem. You're not getting your $99 a month worth because you're not doing it. You're doing the bare minimum. You are in that biopsychosocial model yesterday, you're only showing up wanting to do your bare minimum paperwork and go about your life. You ain't trying to run a business. You're just trying to see clients on the side, right? So I'm going to say true business owners, true CEOs, they understand that I'd rather pay 50 extra dollars to do to do everything I needed to do than pay somebody $3,000 a month. Let that sink in. Let me know if you're leaving money on the table. You sitting here saying, I need a VA. I need a VA. You don't even know how to train nobody. You don't have any onboarding processes. Everything is in your head. You have no standard operating procedures, but you'd rather sit down, post a job description and pay somebody 
$750 to $2,000 a, a, a month and you ain't got it, but you can pay a system $99 a month to do all this. All you need to do is sit your butt down and figure out what's in the system. Come on, like, let's get real. Okay. So hats off already. And I'm only 13 minutes in. <laughs> okay. We only have a second day of slide. All right. So scaling is more money, less hours worked. So another reason why I just get like, so invigorated about this area is because a lot of therapists will see these live events that I have. They will see these masterminds that I have and they'll be like, Oh, I want to, you know, I want to have that. I want to do that. I want to have all these streams of income. And I'm like, okay, you got a solo practice. How is that going? Let's do an assessment. Oh, it's not together based off the assessment. And I'm like, well, if your lowest hanging fruit is supposed to fund these other streams of income, it'd be best that you get your mainstream of income in order first before you start trying to be a seven streamer therapist. Okay. So let's move on. Is scaling possible for a solo practice? Quick answer is no. However, there are possibilities. So for example, if you build the right foundation in your solo practice, which is what I've been saying over and over again, you can actually duplicate at least 50% or more of the systems that you've created in your private practice, but they got to be tweaked, right? Into streams of income. So for example, if you do a business plan for your private practice, majority of the information in your business plan for an online course is probably going to be the same. You have the same core values, vision, and mission for your entire business, but maybe you are catering to another level of consumers or clients. Maybe you just want to tap into people you know, nationwide. You don't just want to do therapy. You want to have a membership program. You want to do speaking engagements, workshops. So the bulk of your business plan remains the same, but in terms of defining or redefining your avatar, your client, um, your ideal client, that might change. So you got to sit down and do that over, but it's not going to take you as long. Standard operating procedures. Now you just need to add a standard operating procedure for that stream of income versus starting from scratch right? Put a one in the comment box if that makes sense. If you get your main stream of income in order, it will actually collapse the timeline as Kelly spoke to with how she was getting clients in a very short period of time once she figured out what was happening in her business. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, three to 12, you know, clients like, damn, because all you have to do is repeat Rinse and repeat. That is one of my favorite phrases in our community. If you can just learn how to be patient and rinse and repeat your systems and work out the tweaks versus throwing in the towel or saying, this don't work. I don't want to write it down. I really don't want to scale. Just be patient and you'll be able to see change over time. Okay. So let's dive into what is possible for a private practice. And so I'm not going to read all these, but I am going to sum them up. We went through recently and just did some, um, snapshots of our current DTA uh, cohort in our designated Facebook group, right? So right here at the top, I'm just going to put a few. Natalie, um, she said, started three new clients this week, secured a contract to provide therapy on site for a nonprofit. So in the Dope Therapist Academy, when we get down to the end, which is niche or niche in our framework, we do talk about the possibilities of now how you can serve your ideal clients by moving your services into the community. Um, more about training. We also talk about 
doing quality assurance, graduating or terminating clients, laying off clients who ain't doing what they're supposed to do because they need to move forward or they're not ready to work. Um, because also you need to make room for newer clients so that you can continue to market, right? Um, told my non-therapist friend about my ideal schedule. She's manifesting her ideal schedule, but she know it's in the works, right? And also hashtag four day weekends as my norm. Okay, which means that in our community, we really talk about how can you start carving out time to work on your business? We talk about time management a lot because I'm a very organized, systematic person. And that works for the students who want to work with me because they might be all over the place. Right. Um, Othea, um, this was back in March. She said it's not Friday because we have like Friday wins. It's not Friday, but I couldn't hold on to this. My private practice is at 80 percent private pay. So put an O in the comment box for Othea. She said before joining DTA, she didn't think that this would ever happen. She revisited a bonus call with one of our DTA coaches. So we do give hella bonuses. We'll talk about that at the end of the week. Um, and then she also recently had secured two private pay clients at her rate and was confident in her pricing because we do an activity about challenging objections, the psychology of buying from the consumer side in DTA to help therapists understand what their value is so that they can show up and state their price with confidence. I will not tell them what their rate should be, but I'm for damn sure will tell you that your rate is too low. <laughs> OK, so I will say that. Um, and then Fatima back in July or last month, um, she said, great day. This is my last week working at the VA. I'm so excited to move forward um, uh, full time. DTA, DTA has helped me get there in so many ways. I can't believe I'm finally at this point. So what I also want to bring out is that we're not promoting leave your job, leave your job, but we do provide resources for our clinicians to talk about it with in-house and DTA. Then we have bonus um calls either live or in a vault that you can access and then you can use our resources. So that's the benefits of circles of influence. You can use my resources that usually I would only give to my mastermind students, but this year we start giving it to our DTA students and they've learned how to build a whole HR system, uh, employee handbooks when they start hiring, just a whole lot of stuff. Okay. So um, just some more wins. Patrice, she submitted her resignation from her nine to five job. Um, also, a lot of our therapists get licensed while in our program, but let me be very clear, they get in our program when they are very close to licensure, not just start starting to study. Um, let's see, Amber launched her first her private practice on Friday. So what that means is similar to Kelly, she was actually in our program building her foundational systems so that she can actually have a launch. So some people, when they hear the word launch, they think about digital courses, but no, you can actually launch your private practice. Okay. Um, and she booked her first private practice client. That is her ideal client from the website. Um, and she launched it. So when she says from the website, what we're talking about is automation. We do, um, focus a lot on in our framework. How do you automate a lot of parts of your back office so that you are repelling people that are not your ideal client? So put an A in the comment box. If you would like to learn automation in your private practice because I addressed that yesterday. And then let's see, Tiffany hired, I love these little check marks. So this past week's wins, hired a front desk coordinator. Hello, we got, they, they be creating their own words, okay? Created marketing brochures and rack cards to distribute. We do talk about that. Uh, and a lot of this stuff is talked about really based off their questions. So what I'm really saying is in DTA, we low-key give them like two courses in one, because we teach them the framework in pre-recorded videos, we bring it to life in a call, but then they really get their answers personalized based off of how they show up to the coaching call. Um, able to file her Blue Cross uh, claim, so she's on insurance panels, okay? 
Um, and then last one, Melly Mel, right? Y'all, y'all gonna hear from her this week. She's collaborated to host her, host her first CE in her niche. Um, so put an M in the comment box if this is goals, right? So do you want to position yourself so great as the expert with what you do in your private practice that if you're interested in teaching, you can get certified to host your own CEs? Um, she attended um, our vision and niche tra- uh, training, which was a CE course that I did um, a couple months ago. So also part of our community, you get first dibs on any CE workshops or in-person events that I have. She completed four speaking engagements, um, also showing up online and in podcasts, completed templates and systems for client satisfaction, SOPs. Okay, Delegated SEO research for her website. Took two days off and automated um, an out-of-office message. These things are so simple, but therapists don't have them in place. Um, Did not respond. Boundaries to a client's request to see her as soon as she got back um, from her days off. Spent overdue quality time with hubby and um, my son spending overdue time, um, quality time with my parents. And then Stacy, my biggest win is me giving my resignation to my employer for over nine years. It is already done. That's like our hashtag. All right. So those are just some wins to get y'all motivated. And this is why I want y'all to post in that Facebook group, because you never know who else you are paying it forward to. Okay. So let's dive into the meat and potatoes of possibilities. How can all of these things happen for you? Okay. So to become profitable, you must believe that it is possible. Those therapists didn't get there by simply waking up and saying, oh, I'm just going to go on YouTube, figure it out on my own. And I'm just going to like, I don't know, just do something. (laughs) I'm just going to see clients. They had to sit down, put pen to paper or cursor to computer, and they had to make out a plan. So there are um, a couple of things that I want to introduce to you as it relates to profitability. But first, let's define what profitability actually means. So profitability is your gross revenue in your business minus expenses and or investments like coaching is an investment. Buying books is an investment, but we say they're expenses, right? But I say investments because it gives you something back. But nevertheless, it's expenses and investments um, and payroll. Put a one in the comment box if you actually pay yourself through a business checking account. Put a one in the comment box if you pay yourself through a business checking account, even if that means you write yourself a check. I'm not talking about cash apping yourself, zelling yourself. Do you have an actual payroll system and or if you ain't there yet, you at minimum have a business checking account tied to a EIN tax ID number, which means that you either have a um, city or county Um, paperwork and or you have an entity structure. If that's not something that you have and you already have a private practice, we already in trouble because I don't know really what you're reporting to the IRS if you report it. That's a whole nother situation. But nevertheless, some people may say, oh, I'm profitable, I'm profitable. But then they'll say I made 100K, but then they only spent 20K on expenses. And I'm like, wait a damn minute. Like, are you telling me that you only paid yourself like $5? Because I don't see how you're surviving by making 100K gross and you say that you profited 80K, like where did you pay yourself? And I kid you not, last summer, we saw something in a Facebook group. I pulled it, but I didn't snapshot it and pull it on the screen. And when me and the boot campers did an activity together, when we did on average, how much that clinician was making per client, because they did take a snapshot and post it in this Facebook group in terms of their numbers, it goes to show that they were actually making $67 per client. That's not profitable to me. Put a Y or N. Is that profitable to you? 
$67 per client. Now, am I shaming insurance panels for paying us that much? Hell yeah. But does that mean that you hop off that panels right away? No. Like you got to make a plan if you're trying to just jump strip, jump ship to private pay. That, that also creates a plan. You need a plan. Okay. So I want you to watch your wording. As a business owner, profit is also after you've paid yourself. So be very mindful of how you declare if you're profitable or not. Okay, so three things to consider to become profitable in private practice. So definitely get your pen and paper out. So number one is foundation. Write down on your paperwork foundation. So these are some areas that we talk about um, when we're talking about profitability for your private practice. So a map. We've talked about that a lot, blueprint. I say five-year blueprint because most businesses don't last past five years. If you make it past five years, you 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 good, right? But most businesses actually shut down between opening day and the fifth year. So if you can make a five-year vision plan, that speaks volumes. If you don't have a map, how do you know where your business is going? Also with money, you have to be able to look at your money, not be afraid of your money. If there's a money issue and you're afraid to look at your debt, you're afraid to look at your student loans, you're afraid to look at how much money you actually make net after you pay yourself and then make a plan to bring in more money and um, you know, really zone in on that, then we need to work on that because that contributes to, I'm going to say it, a poverty mindset. You've got champagne goals with a bare budget, right? So team, your goal should be in the future sooner than not Your goal should be to build out your framework, the back office of your private practice so well that when you start to feel like, you know what, it's time for me to hire, you actually can give them an entire system. You don't have to say, oh, shoot, now I'm ready to hire. Now I got to stop and create my standard operating procedures. Now I have to write down everything in my brain, which means that I got to prolong hiring somebody, which also means that you're creating the expansion of the back office of your business in a state of chaos. Put a one in the comment box if that just hit home. If you're wondering why some of you have hired the wrong person or you feel like you're in a rush and the the magnetic ideal uh, team member is not coming to you, it's because you are trying to hire out of a state of desperation. You should have been creating these back office systems so that you can give it away. That's the goal. Give it away so that you can get your time back, right? Also, confidence. Now, that is something that can be built in therapy. It can be built in personal development. It can also be built by being connected with somebody eight to 10 steps ahead of you, such as like our community, right? Because not only may I be ahead of some therapists, not all, you know, some steps, but also people in the community may be ahead of you. It's not competition. It's collaboration. Get inspired versus hate, right? Um, Pay yourself. Learn the value of paying yourself. So let's just say if you only have one client right now. You have one client right now, but we are speaking into existence that you're going to have multiple clients, as many as you would like, that suits your ideal client avatar. So what I would like you to do is at minimum pay yourself something like 1%, 10%. If a client pays you 150, take 30% of that, like write yourself a check, pay yourself. If you may say, oh man, it's only $45, $45 is training your brain that you're getting rewarded for working in your business. Put a two in a comment box if that makes sense, okay? If you are not paying yourself in your business, you may unintentionally and unconsciously start resenting the work that you have to put in to work on your business, 
Okay. Um, Also mentorship. You want to be around people that will support you, people that will cheer you on, people that see the goodness in you, even when you don't see it in yourself. Who do I sound like? Damn, I sound like a therapist. But again, it's a lot easier to sit on the other side of the couch. So you got to have your foundation in order. Those are a few things. Profitability hack number two is the mindset of going all in. If you recall Kelly yesterday, that's one of the main things that she started off with. She didn't get into, oh, the structure, the framework. She said all of that was great. But at the end of the day, what really catapulted her business was believing that all of those resources that she had would become resourceful and that she can use them to build her practice her way and be her own employee of the month, okay? So with the all-in approach, you saw that on one of the testimonials, the goal would be, your goal should be to get it done. Get it done. And it's not on here, well, it may be in one of our uh, future days in the bootcamp, but I really wanna like frame it in the words of like a container, okay? Um, in the personal development world, they say things like, um, people underestimate what you can do in 90 days and you overestimate what you can do in a year. What does that mean according to quantum physics? That means that you are operating in a container. If you say it's going to take me into December to do all these things, to create an exit plan and leave my job, it's going to take you to December 31st. If you say I'm giving myself to October 1st to finish, like to create this checklist and determine what I need to exit, you know, my job, I'm going to get it done by October 1st. Does that make sense? So you really have to think about what are the words that you're using that is sending messages to your subconscious mind to make you believe that it's going to take five goddamn months to create a checklist and then make some phone calls about how much is your insurance? How much, you know, can you get paid? Let me look at my money to see if I can invest in myself to learn these things and shortcut the five months, you know, whatever it is, get it done. Also, definitely write this down, create a money date. I had a money date right when I got off the boot camp with you all yesterday. A money date is sitting down, opening up all of my money information, whether it be stocks, whether it be if I'm trading, whether it be my child stocks, my son's multiple accounts, index funds, regular checking account, business checking account, high yield savings account. I'm looking at everywhere my money is, including Stripe and PayPal, all the accounts. Why? Because if you know how your money comes in, you understand cash flow. One of the things that I shared with my community, there's no lack of transparency around here. I learned this last year. I started to recognize that when we started to open back up and I started to host live events, I noticed that all my live events just so happened to fall on a third week. And it was probably because of the way that my uh, schedule was. Also, I didn't recognize it until we got to Vegas, for example, that the money I have is clearly diversified in multiple accounts. When I am having an event, I will stack up money in one account. I will name the account events fund. I will leave it there. I will only transfer with a little bit of cushion money to take care of whatever I need to pay for. So when we're checking into the RA to pay for this hospitality suite, they hit me with these additional, you know, resort fees, but like for a suite level. And it wasn't no 30 damn dollars. I said, Oh wait, it's like $500 a day. We stand here for like five days. Wait a minute. I only put a cushion in for probably a rack. Right. So you may be wondering why she shared this with me. Well, when I ran upstairs to the room and I pulled out my spreadsheet, because that's when I realized, oh, I need to look at my money every single goddamn week, not every month. Put a one in the comment box if this is making sense to you and you need to do this. I quickly realized that with my cash flow, no matter how many streams of income I have, the lowest week of cash flow in my business last year was the third week of the month, which means that 
80% of my revenue hit my account between the first and the 10th of the month. And then a little sprinkles at the second to third week, third week, it was hella dry. I swear it was like a thousand dollars. Right. But then the last week of the month, then it was like multiple thousands of dollars again. Why is that important? Well, you got to run payroll. You got to pay for your systems. They're being charged to your card. If you don't understand where your cash flow lies, you will end up in the hole, okay? In the hole. And then you will mistakenly say, oh, this ain't working out for me. No, no, no. You're not working for your business, <laughs> okay? You're not working on your business. SOPs, standard operating procedures. I kind of talked about that, so I'm not going to go deep into it. But bottom line is when you had a job or when you have a job, what do they do? They sit you down in this dry ass room for a conference room. I'm just speaking my days in the county. And then they give you this big binder and have you sign off on all these forms saying that you read it in 48 hours. Bull. But you sign off so that you can go start your job so you can do the work that you love. And then what you realize when you start a business is, yo, I hated all this, but the company the agency was on to something because what I share with my audience, I don't care how much I or you have disliked a job site or management, right? Because I never disliked the people that I served. I really just disliked the org or the disorg or the unorganization of the organization, right? But when I take a look back, anytime I'm looking at growth and scalability in my business, I'm like, well, hell, even though she sucked, they were still bringing in multi-millions of dollars every year to hire all of us. Even if we probably should have been getting paid more, the bottom line is they're still open. Will used to be open in five years? How do you run your numbers? How do you understand your money? How do you understand your back office so that you can onboard people, pay them, and they can actually give back to your clients so that you don't have to put in all the work? Accountability. Find a get it circle. You talked to, you heard Kelly talked about that the other day, yesterday, but it's really important for you to surround yourself around not just people at your level, because that's good so that y'all talk in the same language. But you also want to be very careful that when you start building other areas of your business, that you start surrounding yourself around people who can speak the same language. Put a one in the comment box if you've liked what you've heard so far before I go to the third hack. OK, thus far, we've talked about um, foundation and then we've talked about mindset of all in. This is working on your business. So some people have asked, what do you mean by CEO activities? This is CEO activities. You are working on your business because these things will move the needle in your business outside of you, of course, producing the services. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for participating. So number three, abundance. You know, I can't leave y'all without talking about abundance, right? Um, is you, your, I hope, I really hope that your goal. So this is where I need y'all to get fired up, right? I hope that your goal is to desire more than enough. I hope that your goal is for your cup to runneth over, not just be half full. I hope that your goal is that your business becomes bigger than you. What do I mean by that? My vision is not just to fund a damn purse on my collax system from Ikea. My vision is to reach, reach, and teach as many therapists as I humanly possibly can through Active work, like what I'm doing right now, showing up live through passive work. People can access the replay, right? Um, live events, coaching programs, workshops in the community for mental health services, but then helping therapists do that thing as well so they can earn money. I want to be able to earn so much goddamn money that I can become a forgiveness loan center. 
put a one in the comment box if that fires you up. Because some of y'all need to revamp your why. Some of y'all don't even know your why. I get it. When I was going through a season in my life, when I was recently divorced, no children, I went through this mindset of, oh my God, I know that I'm destined to be a wife. I know that I'm destined to be a mother, but will that happen, God? Because now it seems like the, you know, the pool is getting a little little. You know what I'm saying? Like, will I find, and I did clearly, but will I find that person? But that was a four-year journey. I chose to clear my baggage. I learned how to get to know Takesha at the new level of me, right? And then I also had to recognize that whoever deserved me will show up in divine timing, right? So during that season, my why was finding me because if I don't value me, I can't attract people that value me. That includes therapy and coaching. So watch yourself. If you find that you can't tap into your why, maybe your why ain't big enough. Your why don't have to be your family. Now I consider y'all my family, but I'm saying they ain't gotta be blood. You know what I'm saying? So also abundance is speaking to business ownership. I love being a owner of not just a business, but a owner of my time. Put a B-O if you want to become a business owner because you want to own your time. Time is the only thing you cannot get back. You can make an investment and it turned out to be crap. But at the end of the day, you can make money to do another one, but you cannot get that time back. You are the owner of your time, okay? So implementation time, we about to get all the way real if you thought I ain't got real already, okay? So mm, this should look very familiar. This should look very familiar. Let me take a sip of water. Yes, I'm dropping heavy nuggets, heavy nuggets. <laughs> so Maslow's hierarchy of needs, write down Maslow's hierarchy of needs on your paper. You definitely need to go look at it again online or in the workbook. But what I want you to do, I'm going to briefly go through these because, you know, I can't leave y'all hanging without talking about business. So I want you to first identify if you would like in the comment box, what is your current level? So let's start from the bottom up. Right. And I know that there are multiple layers has been developed over this. People have revamped it. But let's just go to psychology 101, chapter two. OK, so physiological needs. That's air and water. Right. My hope is that everybody has met that one because we're here. Right. But these are the basic needs. Another basic needs is you need to feel safe. So honestly, a lot of therapists, if you see my cursor, they may think that they're like up here, like, oh, I need to just get confident in my pricing. <laughs> right. You just focus it on money. But the reality of it is you don't even have your basic needs met. Maybe there's something going on in your household. Maybe you need to get your relationship in order. Maybe you need to go to therapy because if you're like the bottom of the iceberg, if the bottom of your iceberg is hella heavy and really big, it's going to be really difficult for you to be safe to show people this part of you. So get your safety needs met. Are you in the phase of psychological needs such as belonging, belonging and love needs? So that speaks to maybe relationships. Maybe you're missing your get it squad. Maybe you're not connected to anyone who has surpassed where you are. So you can put one, two, three, and then four is esteem. You got your physical needs met. You feeling confident. You got a circle, but now it's really up to you to make the decision to go all in. Now, some of you, a bulk of you may be here on the fourth level. So put your numbers in the comment box because some of you just need the teacher to show up to help you give yourself permission to grow, to then scale. 
And then, of course, we have the self-actualization. Now, we know based off the statistics that less than 10% of the world actually meets this arena. Even if you speak to the most wealthiest people, they will always say, well, you know, I'm kind of still dangling up in here. And if you don't believe it, um, I was at an event and one of my coaches had said, if you don't think there's room for innovation, then you wouldn't have a new iPhone. You wouldn't have a new Samsung. We will still be on um, the, pop, the the iPod dock, docking station, right? We wouldn't have music on our iPhone. Really think about that. There's always room for innovation. I mean, damn, we don't like the iPhone 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, so people clearly can see that there's always room for growth. And it's very rare that people will get to and stay at self-actualization, right? So let's keep going. I see a lot of threes. Okay, now work with me. What I want you to do is I want you to just put the letter S, as I describe them, S, P, O, I, or L. So this is what we call business hierarchy of needs. This is really, really important. Um, We're actually going to embed this into DTA, this cohort. So alumni, you will get this as well because this is very new to you. Um, So are you taught from the bottom? Are you solely focused on sales? Meaning you are your mindset over here is focused on I got to get, get, get right. All you focusing on is hustle mentality. Um, This is also the creation of cash. So all you're focused on is, nah, sis, I got to get money. I got to get money. I got to get money. Well, I really want you to ask yourself, what mental state are you in? Because that just means that you're probably very close to burnout. So if you're there, put an S, okay? The next level is P, okay? So P is for um, profit, the creation of stability. Now you're focusing on how can I stabilize my income so that I can see profits at the end of the year? I want stability. Are you in order? And when I say rank yourself, what I'm speaking to is what does your back office show? So if you say that my back office shows profitability, if I look at your Intuit bookkeeping or whoever does your bookkeeping after payroll, I should see non-red after you pay yourself. Okay. If you say that you're an O, you're still in get because you're getting in order your back office. Be honest. Okay, the I didn't say where you want to be. I said where you are. So order the creation of efficiency. Oh, I actually want to get a project management system. I want to use Google Sheets and create these checklists so that I can create a list of the things um, because I'm anticipating that I'm going to hire somebody. And then that person is going to be able to do my consultations. Oh, what questions should I have them ask? Where are they going to embed this information? How do I train them how to do this? Oh, I need to do a video. Though all, all your SOPs are in order. So if you ain't got your damn SOPs to run your entire practice where I can step in and take over when you on maternity leave or you on vacation for a month, you you in order. Don't don't try to skip up to this impact, right? Now impact and legacy is in the give stage. So think about it. In the get stages, you're focusing on order. Also, you're focusing on growth. So I hope that this is making sense to you. If you're an S, don't put a uh at least you are now aware of how much work needs to be done. So for impact, you're now only focusing on creation of transformation. When I say only, our goal for our students is eventually that you only show up to activities that require your face and your voice. If you are still running your whole damn private practice office, You are not at impact yet. Impact is not, oh, I saw 50 clients last month. Okay, great. You are making an impact. I'm not minimizing 
the word impact. But in terms of longevity, scalability, really owning your time, you don't own your time when things can't get done if you don't do them. Okay. And then last one is give for legacy. Legacy is the creation of permanence. Legacy is honestly where I left off at in my group practice, right? I left off in the best space to show those therapists that I had hired over that five-year time frame that if they want what I have, and some of them did, and they came back and coached with me while I was on maternity leave from my couch online, and now they have profitable solo practices. Some of them do evaluations for other streams of income. The bottom line is they hire people. Some of them hire people that they knew, but they onboarded them. So we have a lot of people in S and in O's. I really want you to be honest with where you are. So you've already identified which level you are at. So before we move forward, we do have a guest. We're going to do like a up to 10 minute um, pop in. And I'm going to bring on one of our students on the call. Her name is Melissa. So I'm going to bring her on. Can you hear? Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. So everybody, welcome, Melissa. Hi, everyone. And excuse the back. I have a little one that's next to me. He's oh, he, Yeah. I love you. Good. Because we're also giving parents and caregivers permission to do the things they need to do to run their business and work on their business despite their household. Thank so you. can you introduce yourself and let them know your journey through building your practice? Yes. Um, I have so much to say. Let me, let me, let me synthesize. Okay. So my name is Melissa Como. I'm licensed in mental health and marriage and family therapy. I am based in Orlando, Florida. Um, my practice is fully virtual. I started it in 2017 and I was doing part-time for about four or five years. And then, um, starting 2022, um, unexpectedly kind of, uh, mostly, uh, I went into full-time, uh, private practice. Um, and I say that because I had, plans uh, to leave my agency job sometime this year, either 22 or 23. Um, but I had to, and this is where the whole life stuff comes in. Um, I had to unexpectedly resign. That's huge for my story because uh, I'm a planner. <laughs> so, so when it didn't go the way I planned, I was like yeah. in shock. Um, but the way the universe would have it, I actually um, joined DTA a month before I had to unexpectedly resign. So once I got all my stuff together, as far as emotionally and getting my family life kind of uh, functioning where I can focus on DTA, um, I was able to jump right in. I So I was like, even though I was planning to like do everything in time and pace myself, I had to take fast action. <laughs> and I had extra time, obviously, because I wasn't doing a 45 hour uh, job, although I had a little one still. Um, and so I was able to just jump, jump right ahead. And there's a lot of things about um, uh, the program that's been helpful. I don't know if this is a good time, Dr. Yeah, T, for me to kind of go into it. Yeah. So one of the things I guess kind of goes into the, what you were just speaking about on your on your diagram. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is I should jump into this right now because um, I am actually at the stage right now where I am growing, um, not scaling yet. Uh, and I know the difference now. <laughs> so um, that means that I'm getting a lot more um, consultations and referrals coming in. I was getting, I would say, when I started, because um, I was still getting referrals and stuff, even as a part-time, you know, uh, um, working in private practice. But from January to now, from when I started, I was getting probably one consultation call every other week. 
Um, and so in the past two or three weeks, I'm getting at least four or five, (laughs) which, Mm -hmm. and in that time with, uh, being able to like streamline my consultation process, which I've been able to do, and I am clear on my base, on my framework, uh, which I kind of talk to people about in terms of how I help them get better. My specialty is relationship. I should have said that. So I do couples and individual framework. Cause I know that you and Kelly had said it, but without telling them the details of it, but can you explain benefits and what is a framework? Yes. Yes. So it's basically your own theoretical orientation in terms of how you let your clients know what you're guaranteeing them. So basically how you're going to take them from when they come into you in consultation all the way to graduating, like what are your steps, so to speak, if you have steps or how it looks. So that way they understand, because most people obviously calling for counseling don't know like what actually happens in treatment. Uh, and so you want them to know kind of what they're getting. Right. And so, and that makes a lot of sense as a consumer, like you don't want to invest in something without knowing what you're going to get. And so that's really, and honestly, Dr. TK and everyone listening, uh, every person I talked to on a consultation call, since I've got my, my consultation process together and I got my framework clear, they all, even if they sign up with me or not, have always appreciated the call, only got good feedback with the, how the call has gone. And also that they, that I'm very thorough uh, and that they're clear on how I can help. <laughs> so even if they don't sign up, it's still a success because it's them, me being able to share with um, potential clients kind of like how I can help, which is the whole purpose of the call, right? It does increase and has increased sign up and people stay and stuff like that. But I try not to focus on that too much because not everyone is going to be the best match and everyone for logistical reasons may not call back. Who, who knows, right? So um, I, I used to kind of focus on that, but uh, I've learned not to so much and that's helped me be more present in the calls and you know authentic and all those different things. So so that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm so I'm growing uh, in terms of like your diagram, and at the same time, I am building out my back office, um, which is which is amazing. But it's it's starting to feel like in the transparent moment, it's like starting to come to a little bit of a head. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm I'm excited and happy I have the resources, but at the same time, the anxiety is coming up because sometimes you don't feel as prepared as you want to. But I'm also learning that it's not always a perfect situation with being a business owner too. So it's kind of like getting all that together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's good that people are seeing this in, um, I'm gonna say live time because I spoke to that as well. So for everybody who doesn't know, like Melissa, the one that I told y'all to give her a shout out when we were reading some of the comments, right? So we just put some of those in there, not even looking at the schedule, like, oh wait, she's going to be in here today. Right. So everybody give it up for Melissa again. Right? <laughs> um, but one of the things that they're both speaking to is, you know, what happens with us is we're live for like a few months doing our coaching calls. And then we may have some implementation like time off, whether it be a month or two or heck the whole summer, or especially around the holiday break, like there's nothing going on in Zoom. But of course we have the community and then, Mm -hmm. you know, they have their accountability groups. And one of the things that I love to see, even though it's like growing pains, Mm -hmm. is every time we meet back, I'll get updates. I'll um, see where some therapists get stagnant again and or they've reached a roadblock. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the benefits of being able to come back either to get some fire, yes. um, to refresh where you left off. Because when you consume information, whether you think you know it or not, the fact that you have to implement this entire new system into your business, you're not going to consume it and implement it all in a six to eight week time frame. That's like mm-hmm. humanly impossible. So can you speak to, can you speak, cause you've been on a lot of them. Can you speak to your experience of being on the Zoom coaching call, like what is it like to be on there and how is it structured? So that yeah. they can- it's amazing. Um, I want to say one of the things that I enjoy the most is um, 
Well, I know we had actually a conversation not too long ago. And one thing might have been our last call about the different formats that you've done at Dr. TK. For me, my preference is how, is how you had been doing it, which is just kind of conversation as far as hot topics and things that people want to talk about. Because I'm, I'm one of the people that go and actually look at the material before. So I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm fine to just talk. Um, I know some people like to have the didactic as well, which is fine. I can do either. Um, but I do feel like in those conversations, when you don't do the teaching, sometimes we get more out of it. Um, for me in terms of like information, because what happens is uh, people have questions and different things. And so I know the SOPs kind of came out of some of the conversations. And so, um, yeah. And so, yeah, so I think, and and also there's a lot of mindset stuff that happens. I know I brought up one of the conversations like imposter syndrome and those type of things that are not necessarily in the curriculum. I mean, I guess it is in some ways we unleash your boss and that kind of stuff, but sometimes the terminology, like it doesn't fit for you until (laughs) you talk about it. Um, and so the way that I've experienced the call so far have been mostly, um, in terms of like you kind of bring up topics from our framework, from your framework um, for the topic for that week. And then we would kind of like talk about um, any questions you may have. And then we go into our breakout sessions, which is really nice because we kind of like can get um, the pieces of it and really like go in, you know, in terms of whatever the, the nuances are of the topic that day. Um, and so that's good because we come back in the big group and share what we learn with each other. So you're like not missing out on anything, kind of got a little bit of everything going on. <laughs> you got a teacher, yeah. you got the small group, the big group, the support. Sometimes we just go off of whatever people need in the moment, which is also nice because it's nice to have an agenda. But I think because uh, that, you know, a dynamic experience to be a business owner, not everything is going to go on agenda. So to be able to have a space where, you always kind of give us the support, Dr. TK, to say, okay, before I go into our plan today, do I got anything to talk about? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good because it's like you may have something, you may need the space. Although we have our accountability groups, which I always check in with, which I did today too, uh, to have like a bigger group of people, you know, in the face-to-face virtual space other than the Facebook group to kind of talk about things together is nice. Um, and so it's something that I, I, whether I'm at home or not, I'm always on the phone. I'm, I'm going to yeah, get the <laughs> What last question, because I know that they saw like a list of your wins. Can you talk about what has, you know, outside of even confidence, because I know you just spoke about imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. What are some of the things that you made possible for your business, um, whether it be streams of income or getting you out there on platforms? What are some of the wins that you've had um, because of getting your private practice in order? Yes. And so one of the things that is actually a pleasant surprise, I had it on my I think one to three year goal. I can't remember where I had it. I didn't, but I didn't expect it to happen in two months, <laughs> two months uh, where I've, so one of the ways I market my practice on social media. So I do a lot of videos and things like that on relationships. That's my specialty. And so what's, what was happening was I was putting out things. I was doing IG lives and stuff and, and people were just asking me to do more. And so, <laughs> and so um, as I'm going to more speaking engagements, people are asking me to do more. So one example is I got my first paid speaking engagement within Two or three months of being everybody put a one yeah. in the hey. Yeah, that's huge. That's because I wasn't even asking for nothing. They just offered it to me. So. And we talked about that on one of the DTA calls. We yes, I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm like next year I got to slow down on these free things, you know. So, um, but it's nice because you know I and, and I want to say I want to say all of them, all of my speaking engagements have been in front of um, uh, my ideal clients and, t- and definitely talking about my the topic. So what I've learned to do also is when people ask me to speak on things, I try to align. I mean, it's always on relationships, but I try to align it more closely because relationships is also a big, broad area too. But I try to get it closer to couples or closer to emotions or things that I know I do in my treatment or my framework to be able to speak more. Because sometimes what happens is you may speak on what they want you to talk about, but then you kind of forget about your stuff. <laughs> so so I know, you know I'm learning that with the niche and like all those different pieces of it too. So that was a huge one for me to be able to kind of have a lot of those, but also one of them be paid. Um, mm-hmm. and. 
asking me to come on other people's platforms to speak about things related to things I want to talk about. I think it's always, and, and I have fun doing it, you know, so yes. I enjoy it for sure. So that's something that mm-hmm. I didn't expect right now to happen, but just by nature of me knowing my niche, me knowing my framework, me putting out stuff on social media, marketing, all the things I learned in DTA has mm-hmm. led people to feel comfortable to reach out to me. And then they see me on other people's stuff and they ask me, <laughs> just like goes on and on and on. So that's really nice. Yeah. And I love what Kelly says. She said the reach extends beyond the therapy room. So that's one of the one of the biggest benefits um, that I wanted you to, which you just spoke to, is mm-hmm. you get all these things in place, but then to also recognize that it doesn't just stop with therapy because now you can really show up as an expert in any arena, including additional streams of income. And what we are seeing um, from like our pop-up masterminds recently. Last year, everybody was like, oh, I want to do digital products, digital products. And then something transformational happened in March and in July, we were in New York. And a lot of the therapists, DTA or not, a lot of them were service-based. And it just really made me stop and recalibrate like, hmm, this is good. Like pay attention to the trends and what Mm -hmm. your consumers need. And what I'm finding that actually was very pleasing to hear was that therapists no longer wanted to do things that they thought they were supposed to be doing because some therapists mm-hmm. believe that in order to make all this money, I got to have an online course. I got to have a membership. Yeah. And that's not true. You can actually get paid very, very well. One of our students who started off in DTA in 2020, then she graduated into the mastermind program like a year later, she gets paid 5K for each speaking engagement. Like, don't don't play. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of things are possible and you can still just show up as a therapist, but just expand your reach, you know? So put it to in a comment box if you guys understand that. Mm-hmm. That is one of the biggest benefits of how Melissa is saying, like showing up in her space of as the couple's expert. Now she's being called on platforms and getting paid to talk about what she tells two people in a room. But now she can just talk to a group of people one time, if not more, and get paid a lump sum, which mm-hmm. means what? She got back her time. Exactly. Okay. Can I say two things before? Uh, it's going to all make sense. Uh, so the first thing is, um, so I used to work a lot in agency work and I did a lot of outreach. So that's kind of what Kelly was saying as far as past and uh, Dr. TK as well. Mm-hmm. So I would say for people who are still in the agency work, um, specifically because agency work, they, you do a lot of things. You don't just you see clients usually. <laughs> so there's a lot of skill sets there that I think sometimes when you go into private practice, we don't always know what translates to that. So I would say to kind of keep your eye on it because I was um, an outreach program director for a couple different um, agencies. I was in the committee with outreach. And I was just telling someone the other day who was actually an old colleague who I used to work with. I was like, yo, I'm actually create my own little outreach, like little, like, you know, not niche, but um, department. So to speak, even though it's just me right now, but still like we call it speaking engagement, but it's really an agency work called outreach, community outreach or whatever. Right. So it's just the language is different. And sometimes you feel like, oh my God, it's so intimidating, but I'm like, I'm doing the same thing. It's just called different in a different, in different Mm -hmm. ways. So I think that's important for people to know, especially if you're still in agency work and feel like private practice is so scary, but really it's the same skill set. You have to learn the business side. That part we don't know yet. But other than that, the actual skill set translates really well. Yeah. So pay, um, what we are worth saying is if you have a job, don't dislike it so much while you're there because you are actually getting gems and nuggets while sitting there. Yeah, getting paid. But that that's like two and one for me. Mm-hmm. Like if you got to go to a meeting, don't despise the meeting. Go to the <laughs> meeting and look at the agenda. That's what I tell the BTA students. I'm like, you know, I ain't telling y'all to milk the system, but damn it, milk your time. You know, like milk your mindset, like change it. So yeah. instead of me walking into a nonprofit and saying, oh, I don't want to come to this meeting. My supervisor is saying they don't want to come to the meeting. And I'm also a supervisor at that point. I said, you know what? At this point, I think I shared with y'all, I had the group mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, instead of me being irritated every month to go to the meeting, I said, well, even though they're unorganized, they clearly got something organized because they keep getting money from the state. So I'm going to pay close attention 
to their organization of this agenda, what are they covering in the meeting? What is the participation of people around them? What is everybody's role? Because they got to introduce themselves. And what did I do? I took that whole system, yep. tweaked it to mine. And I'm like, how am I about to run this? I'm sitting on all these golden nuggets and you just resenting your job. And it keeps you motivated while you're there. Like if you're someone who can't read right now, like it keeps you motivated for sure. And the last thing I was going to share was, um, so accountability groups, you can't, you can't talk about that enough. Cause like I had to use mine today. So this is what happened. So as I'm like, things are coming to a head on uh, Dr. TK's chart, it was talking about got calls coming in, blah, blah. And of course my son has a little cold or whatever at the same time. And so I was, I had a moment, I had a moment y'all. So I had a <laughs> my accountability. Group. I'm like, and I said, just like that. Y'all Kelly's listening. She was, she saw, she read it. I was like, Y'all, I'm having a moment. And I went into it. And then I everybody responded within like five minutes, giving wow. me encouragement. And Dr. Z, who's a part of my, um, kind of, she said, call me. Like, she literally said, call me. And she's like the time management, like, guru, like, kind of person. So she said, call me. And I called her. And she spent a few minutes with me kind of talking me through stuff, gave me strategies. But more importantly, gave me support. And I think that's something that literally just happened like two hours ago. And I, I said to her, I, I got to go now. I got to get my son lunch and get ready for that. <laughs> I got to get myself together. <laughs> But they got you right. Yeah, this is real life, y'all. This is real life. And it goes, let me just say this, it goes beyond business. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yes. For sure. So I just so want to share that. Feels- you don't get that everywhere, so. Yes, I was going to say, on a scale of one to 10, how did y'all like hearing from a different clinician? Because um, last last time we had a clinician who had just started their private practice, didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Today we're hearing from a clinician who was part-time, really got specific in her niche, got uncomfortable with putting herself out there as that niche expert. And then all of a sudden she started to attract more and more clients, um, build out her back office. And then now she's about to build a whole outreach. (laughs) But nevertheless, like there's, there's many things to come. Right. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me. I'm always happy to be here. Have a good one, y'all. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Okay. So I'm glad that y'all enjoyed it. Let's bring it on home. So let me bring back up the screen so that we can bring it on home. All right. So as Melissa mentioned, we definitely want to understand this <laughs> with where you truly are. It's great for you to identify that, yeah, all of us want to be here. Right. But at the end of the day, you don't know if you don't know where you're going, you know, like a treatment plan, um, you don't know how this is going to come about. So make sure that you understand what level you're truly at. And then, of course, with help. Um, and resources, you will figure out a way to climb your way up this ladder. Okay. All right. So um, just to do a reflection on everything we talked about today, um, as yesterday, I brought up the be, do, have model. Okay. So some of the things that you want to reflect on as it relates to this Maslow's hierarchy of needs and then the business hierarchy of needs is what do you need to, what do you need to become? What, um, who do you need to become to go to the next level? So if you want to get to legacy, but you're in sales right now, who is the person that shows up to get their SOPs in order to hire, to keep climbing up that ladder? What actions do you need to take? How early do you need to wake up in the morning? And early can be 10 a.m., but maybe you need to be super productive in those first two hours. What is it that you really want? Some of you may not want legacy. Some of you may want the third phase and that's it. But if that's what you want, don't get on somebody for wanting more. Don't try to bring somebody else down and tell them it don't take all that. And then also just understand that wherever you want to be is going to be reflected in your bank account. Okay. So if you want more, you got to put in more. Okay. Um, again, just another layer of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now this one is a different one and this one will be in your workbook. I really truly want you 
to identify as I go through them from bottom to top, identify it with the letter. So H B A E, and then just put a C for CEO. Okay. So this is where you are right now. So the first one is hustler. I just need to get, I just need to pay my bills. So I want you to think about what you say. Okay. I just need to pay my bills. I see clients who can just pay me. Um, I have no operating systems or little to none. And I'm just a floater. I just go with the flow, see clients. When they call me, I do the consultation and I just see clients. That's the, I'm a get money person. If you're there, put an H right? Um, bare minimum. I did my notes. I can do everything myself in my business. I will do the bare minimum in my business just to make sure that I'm getting paid, which really means that you have an employee mindset. Just because you open up a business, just because you have an entity type does not make you a CEO. You cannot take the same mindset that you had at your job and then plug it into a business that does not exist and has no framework, has no foundation. Put a A if you're more in the ambivalent stage. I need help, but let me see how much information I can get for free. And you will declare that you want more, but you're not willing to put more. um, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you can't see me. Okay. Sorry. One of my team members just told me. Um, Hold on. Oh, I know why. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. All All right. Can you see it now? All right, cool. See my team. See, this, this is why the team work, like the dream work. Okay. So ambivalent. I need help, but let me see what information I can milk for free. I can get for free. Ain't nothing wrong with showing up to a free bootcamp, a free webinar, but what are you going to do with it? You may declare that you want more, but you're not willing to put in the work. Okay. You want more, but you're not willing to put in the work. So let me just recap before we go up. Cause y'all can see this bottom part. The hustler just wants to pay their bills and they just want to get clients to get paid. The bare minimum just does what they need to show up and do the intake paperwork and treatment plan. The ambivalent person says that they want more, but they're not sure if they're ready to put in the work, especially when it comes down to an investment. The entrepreneur, I need to hire somebody. I know I do. I need to do these things myself, though. I know I need to hire somebody, but I don't know if I want to pay for them. Or if you do hire somebody, you hire what's called a task rabbit. A task rabbit is not an organizational chart. You just give people stuff. And when you give people stuff, this is also what prevents you from hiring because you have that fear of, oh my God, they're going to run out of work to do. If you have ever told yourself that, that means that you've hired a task rabbit and you actually haven't hired somebody to go in your organizational chart on a seat. And yes, in DTA, we teach you how to create an org chart, right? Also entrepreneurs, they make money, but you cannot scale your product or service. You just can't because you just want to do everything by yourself. Now, the last level is abundant CEO. So abundant CEO, put a C if this is where you are. Um, I need to hire for a seat on my org chart. I only want to do things that require my voice and my face, which means that I'm going to hire people to take these other things off my plate, even if I love them or like them, because it's not moving the needle with how I show up because I'm not aligned with doing this anymore. For example, I love creating Canva worksheets. I'm a graphic person, but by damn it, for time, I just need to pump out the information. So the way that y'all even looking at these slides, I put them in Google Docs or on Keynote on my computer, I uploaded them to a Google Drive. I used our project management system with our outline of standard operating procedures for the bootcamp. We have a whole list of things just to execute the bootcamp from sign up, enrollment pages, emails, text messages, information, workbooks, scheduling the Facebook group, creating the Facebook group. You see how I'm just saying all these things? You really don't understand how many steps are included with every single section. Everything I just listed has a mini SOP 
embedded in it. So that means that I'm not about to do all that by myself. Now, did I do it in the beginning? Yes, because I needed to write down the operating procedures. But then my job now is to not all at once train my team every boot camp that we have to say, okay, y'all learned steps one and two last time. You mastered it. So now I'm about to give you one, two, three, and four. Let's start meeting three months before the boot camp, if not before. I'm going to train you on these things when we have our monthly meeting every week. I want you to tell me what questions you have. How can I support you? Where are you stuck? This is CEO. Okay. So also, you will then understand why it's important that you ask yourself high quality questions. Who, um, who can do this better than me? You ain't the best person to do your consultations for your clients. You believe that because you ain't found a great person to do them for you. Okay. Your time is worth more than this task. So let me just reframe it. And if you haven't watched that free course in Kajabi part two, you definitely want to look at how much money you're leaving on the table. So let me just put all the, somebody do this. How much money do you want to make per hour per client? And I'm going to do a quick calculation just to like show y'all what I'm talking about. Okay. Leaving money on the table. I just need one person. How much money per client do you want to make per hour for therapy? Right. And I know $5,000 unless you're doing like an agency or something. Okay. So let's see. Let's just say I'm going to take 150 because I'll take it a minute. So let's just say $150, right? So what if I told you, okay, 200. Thank you, Paula. <laughs> so Paula, 200. Okay. Let's go with Paula. She got 200. So let's just say Paula gets paid $200 per client. Paula only wants to show up to produce $200 an hour in her business. Of course, we ain't talking about this today, but we got to account for other additional paperwork, right? But that's why you hire people. So Paula can choose to spend four hours extra a week, which is $800 of her time, doing consultations, paperwork that is not like a treatment plan, right? Um, that somebody else can do bookkeeping, all these things. But Paula can actually choose to lose $800 or she can choose to pay somebody, let's just say even $25 an hour times four, she can pay out a hundred, free up that four hours and go make another 800. Put a Y in the comment box if you just saw what I did. Paula can either say, I'm gonna do everything myself and lose $800 of her time. Or, and this is energy time because I know you're gonna say, well, if she wants to see nobody, okay, let go of me. Okay, energy. Paula can lose $800 of her time. Jana can lose $1,000 because she said $250 of her time. Somebody else said $125. They can do $150, let's see, $250, $500 of their time. Or they can pay somebody $100 and go make that money steal. What am I saying? That $100 has freed you up to either get your life back create more systems to hire more people so you can keep doing less. Or if you really want to bring in more profits, you have the ability to do so. Okay. So let me just go back up here. I see a lot of people saying that they're in the ambivalent stage, um, which is interesting. <laughs> um, so we, bottom line is we, we got work to do. Okay. Um, let's see. I actually, Paula said, I actually just felt this as I hired an executive assistant have already been seeing the return. Awesome. OK, so I want you all to really go back to this. OK, so in terms of, again, a reflection, you have to understand 
what type of business owner are you right now and what type of business owner do you want to be? Okay, so again, same reflection. Who do you need to become to go to that next level? Meaning, who do you what do you need to do in your mind to become that person energetically so that you can wake up and do the things that that business owner does so that you can have what that business owner has? Be, do, have. Don't start with the have. Start with the be. That's what we teach our therapy clients all day long. So your fast action activity, and of course, it's going to be a published post in Facebook today um, in our thread. So make sure that you're commenting on those threads because at the end of the week, we still will have that contest, right? And we're going to announce the winners next week. So complete the workbook. I want you to flush out your level one and level two based off the prompts in the workbook. And of course, you're going to post your types for each level in the group under the designated thread. So on a scale of one to 10, for those of you who are still with us and maybe you're watching on the replay, so still comment, on a scale of one to 10, how did you enjoy the information today? A 10 is you like, damn, you got me again. (laughs) Like I thought I was abundant and dang it, I'm ambivalent, (laughs) right? So let me know how you enjoyed the information because as I said yesterday, you may have thought you were gonna come here and learn all of these strategies and yeah, I got the strategies for you. But what I hope that you're also constantly hearing is you can have, again, all the resources, all the strategies. But just like a therapy client, it doesn't matter if when they leave your office, they don't do the work. And the work has to come from them believing that they can do it. Right. So I've really enjoyed y'all. The workbook has already been published. Um, The video is going to stream in the Facebook group published already. So if you're watching this later, we went ahead and adjusted the date. I mean, not the date, but the title, which says day two, because I saw day one didn't say day one after it went live. Um, And it is a lot. It is a lot to grasp. Um, The purpose, let me just close out with this. The purpose of these boot camps, honestly, is to heighten the awareness that therapists don't know. Okay, so my goal is not for you to execute all these workbooks. Do I want you to pull them out and look at them? Yeah. Do I want you to start on them? Yes. If you find yourself stuck or in your mind, like, oh my God, I got so much work to do, I'm actually happy. Why? Because that means you're getting uncomfortable. Now, the biggest question would be at the end of this boot camp, what you're going to do with being uncomfortable? Are you going to go back to your old habits? Because that means that you're going to stay where you are, or you're not going to progress as quickly as you would like, or are you going to open up the doors to your heart and get help? Okay, so stay with us. We're going to continue building out your treatment plan. I love y'all. Take care. I'm going to see y'all in the Facebook group because I'm going to go and engage throughout the day. And I will see y'all on day three. Bye. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but that flew by way too fast. So if you want more, head over to drtk.com for additional abundant resources. And if you are looking for a tribe of abundant therapists like yourself to bounce around ideas and tap into another level of business growth abundance, be sure to join our Facebook community exclusively for therapists. The link is waiting for you at drtk.com. Come.